Hi everybody, I'm Athena and welcome back to Finding Flow podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring women to become the healthiest and happiest versions of themselves that they can possibly be. Join me each week as we talk about all things to do with women's health, nutrition, periods, hormones, mindset and all of that good stuff. If you enjoy the podcast and you find it really helpful, then I would absolutely love for you to support me by leaving me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and also a rating on Spotify. Hi everybody and welcome back to Finding Flow podcast. Today I wanted to give you guys some anti-inflammatory foods that you can include in your diet to help reduce the inflammation in your body. I guess we should really start with how is this relevant to health, more specifically how is it relevant to women's health and hormones because that is really what we focus on in this podcast. Inflammation is very important to think about when it comes to our hormones and our cycle because when we are in a very inflamed state it causes a rise in cortisol and cortisol can affect and change the way different hormones in our body are produced and released. So when we are in a very inflamed state it sort of causes our hormones to go out of balance and that can lead to you know, a range of different symptoms such as loss of the menstrual cycle or irregularities in the menstrual cycle, changes in your mental health, your heart health, your brain health, your gut. Basically, the whole body is affected by our inflammatory state. So let's strip things right back and quickly talk about what actually inflammation is. So there are two different types of inflammation. There's chronic and there is acute generally acute inflammation is beneficial for us for example if we fall over and we cut our knee and we start bleeding the the area will become inflamed for kind of two reasons number one the inflammation is caused by an increased amount of blood going to the area and that is that happens to flood the area with white blood cells and red blood cells. The white blood cells can help to fight against any potential infections that could sort of occur around the wound. And the red blood cells are there to initiate a blood clotting process to heal up the wound with a scab so that you don't continue bleeding out. So the inflammation is there for that reason. And the second reason is the inflammation causes swelling around the area and it causes the area to be quite painful. And although that's not very enjoyable for us, it actually has a biological reasoning behind it. So if an area is painful and swollen and sore to touch, you're not going to touch it and you're less likely to damage that area again. So it's sort of like a protective mechanism for the body. So that is acute inflammation. And then you have chronic inflammation, which is sort of the the type of inflammation that we don't really want because that is the type of inflammation that is associated very closely with a range of different health conditions. In particular, you know, 
to name a few of these health conditions, you've got cardiovascular disease, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, obesity, cancer, all of these different um, conditions are closely associated with chronic inflammation. That's not to say that the inflammation causes these conditions, but it probably makes them worse. And I think it sort of increases your risk of developing these conditions and it also makes the symptoms worse when you have already developed them. So that's acute and chronic inflammation. So we've kind of gone over like why it can be good and bad for us. So you know inflammation isn't always bad but working to reduce inflammation in the long term is where we really need to focus our attention we need to reduce that chronic inflammation. And before I go into talking about some of the foods that can help to reduce inflammation, I also wanted to quickly touch on how inflammation can influence women's hormones and the menstrual cycle. So we know that when we are very, very stressed, when we're over-exercising and when we're under-eating, all of these can lead to irregularities in the menstrual cycle or, you know, amenorrhea, so lack of the menstrual cycle completely. And the physiology behind this is the fact that all of these three things cause an increase in cortisol in the body. And cortisol is a, it's a good and a bad hormone, basically. It's a bit like inflammation. It's good in the short term, but it's bad in the long term. Because chronic high cortisol can lead to high levels of inflammation in the body. It can activate pro-inflammatory molecules in the body leading to that chronically inflamed state there are many other things that can cause you to be chronically inflamed but high cortisol or chronic high cortisol should i say is one of those things so if you are you know chronically stressed whether that is physically or mentally or both your high cortisol levels will then disrupt your reproductive hormones and that can directly affect the um, process of ovulation and the menstrual cycle. So it really is important if you don't have a cycle or a regular cycle right now to think about like your inflammation levels and the things that you are doing in your life that might be contributing to that inflammation. And one of those things might be the foods that you're eating but the good thing is that there are lots of foods that are anti-inflammatories, so they can reduce the levels of pro-inflammatory molecules in your body and improve your overall health and your health markers. So let's run through some of these amazing anti-inflammatory foods that are really, really easy to implement into your lifestyle. Not into your lifestyle, into your diet. (laughs) So the first one is grapes. So grapes are something that I I love grapes actually. I I used to hate them because I hated the fact that when you bit into a grape, like all of the juice inside would like squirt out and that just yeah, it just I hated it. But I actually really love grapes now and I'm glad I do because they are amazing for you. Grapes contain something called anthocyanins. Now this is a type of polyphenol, it's a plant compound that is known to reduce inflammation. Grapes are also one of the best sources of resveratrol, which is an antioxidant that is, in fact, it's, I remember learning about this molecule, resveratrol, in my 
um, aging module at university. So resveratrol is very much in the anti-aging sort of space and it's it's one of those molecules that is being that is thought to extend lifespan basically and that is probably because of its anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties so it can reduce inflammation and it can also reduce oxidative stress in your cells and we don't want oxidative stress that is very damaging to our cells and our DNA. So anything that can remove this stress or reduce it is going to be really helpful for us. Grapes can also decrease the risk of several different diseases, again, because of their anti-inflammatory, antioxidant properties. And in particular, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, Alzheimer's and a number of different eye disorders the risk of all of these can be decreased if you increase your intake of grapes. Obviously, that's within reason. Just because you eat a few grapes every day, it doesn't mean you're not at risk at all of these conditions. But it just means that you're giving your body the best chance to fight against them. There was one study that was done in 60 people, so not a huge sample size, but these 60 people had heart failure and those who consumed two 50 milligram capsules of resveratrol, the antioxidant that is found in grapes, every day for three months, they experienced a decrease in inflammatory gene markers. So inflammatory molecules, basically, their, their inflammation levels reduced. Another study found that those who had grape extract every day had increased levels of adiponectin and higher levels of adiponectin in the body is associated with healthy weight and lower risk of cancer. The next foods that you really, really should be thinking about getting in your diet is berries. And I'm talking about every type of berry here, not just strawberries. We've got strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries. All of these different berries are incredible for your health. They are very small fruits, but they are absolutely packed with vitamins and minerals as well as healthy plant fiber. So the vitamins and minerals help your every cell in your body to function optimally and the fiber will help your digestion and it will get things moving down in the gut. Healthy fibers are also really good for your gut microbiome. Uh, there are certain bacteria in your gut that actually feed off fibers and without these fibres, these bacteria can't function properly and you're at risk of gut health problems. But that's, you know, a topic for another episode. So berries, again, they are antioxidants and they also contain a lot of anthocyanins. These are anti-inflammatory compounds that can, again, I mentioned it before, they lower your risk of a bunch of different diseases. Some studies have shown that having a lot of berries or even consuming berry powders can increase your white set can increase your levels of white blood cells in your blood obviously white blood cells in your blood and your white blood cells are the things that keep your immune system functioning properly they are the they are the cells that fight against harmful bacteria and viruses that come into your body so consuming berries can not only lower inflammation but they can also help your immune system stay functioning properly and also keep your gut bacteria happy. The next food is broccoli. This is one that I honestly I have broccoli 
every day without fail. I really, really love broccoli and I always have done. I always remember as a kid, my mum would come into the kitchen, uh, not into the kitchen, into my bedroom with like a plate full of broccoli and it would be like leftover broccoli from dinner time and I would just be sat there stacking on like a bowl of broccoli. <laughs> um, so I've always loved it as a kid and that hasn't changed into my 20s because I still, you know, it's a vegetable that's close to my heart. So this cruciferous vegetable um, is very similar to cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, kale, spinach. It's a green leafy vegetable, basically. Aside from being really high in a range of vitamins and minerals, including vitamin C and iron and calcium, broccoli has been shown to decrease the risk of heart disease and cancer due to its anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects. It's rich in something called sulforaphane, which is an antioxidant that can decrease inflammation by reducing the levels of pro-inflammatory proteins in your body. The next one is mushrooms. I realised that all of the things I've mentioned so far have been fruits and vegetables, and I think that just highlights how important it is to consume lots of different plants and a variety of fruits and vegetables in your diet because they are so, so beneficial for the health. So mushrooms, another one that I love, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to say that for all of these, but I love mushrooms. And it was another one that I used to absolutely hate. Even like the smell of cooked mushrooms when I was younger would knock me sick. And now I really, really love mushrooms. They are so, so good for you. They're actually a really good source of vitamin D and there aren't that many food sources that are really, really high in vitamin D, but mushrooms are one of them. So there are like thousands of different mushrooms available and some of the most common ones are, you know, the white button mushrooms, chestnut mushrooms, portobello mushrooms, shiitake mushrooms, and they're all really low in calories, but they're very high in nutrients. So, you know, vitamin D, B vitamins, selenium, copper, but they are also contain a lot of phenols which are plant compounds and a bunch of other antioxidants that are known to reduce inflammation in the body. There is a particular mushroom called lion's mane mushroom which is it's grown in popularity over recent years especially in the sort of um, health and wellness anti-aging kind of um, scene and a lot of people take lion's mane mushroom supplements because it's known to lower inflammation and really boost cognition and boost your body's ability to cope with stress. There was one study that, that suggested that cooking mushrooms can lower the levels of anti-inflammatory compounds in them. So if you can then try and eat your mushrooms raw or very, very slightly cooked. And I know that a lot of people who don't mind mushrooms don't like to eat them raw. And I'm one of them. I don't really like raw mushrooms, to be honest. Um, but if you can, try and try not to burn them to death, basically, and try and keep some of those anti-inflammatory molecules in there. The next amazing foods that you should be eating that are anti-inflammatory are spinach and kale. So both spinach and kale are great sources of a bunch of different micronutrients, including vitamins A, C, E, K, as well as minerals, calcium, iron, magnesium and potassium. And it's in particular the vitamin C and E that are giving us those anti-inflammatory properties 
they are potent antioxidants that can lower the levels of stress and also lower the levels of inflammation in your body. There's also a compound called lutein that is found in spinach and kale and that is known to uh, improve the health of your blood vessels basically um, and prevent things like atherosclerosis and other blood vessel disorders. The next one is avocados and trust me this is going to be the last fruit slash vegetable that I mentioned because I realised the whole episode has just been basically me telling you to eat a bunch of fruits and veg. But avocados, even if you're not a vegan and even if you're not into all of the Instagrammable breakfasts, you can still enjoy avocados. Um, they are packed with a bunch of different um, healthy fats, so omega-3s, as well as potassium, magnesium, fibre and lots of different vitamins. It's the omega-3s that give avocados their amazing anti-inflammatory properties. Omega-3 fatty acids are essential for our health. They massively reduce inflammation to improve your brain health, your heart health, your blood vessel health, um, your skin, your hair. They are so important. And by lowering the inflammation, you can improve all of these areas of your body. One study showed that people who ate avocado for 12 weeks, I assume, well, I assume it was every day that they ate the avocado, it didn't really say, um, but they had a reduction in inflammatory markers such as interleukin 1 beta and C-reactive protein, both of which are basically just proteins that increase when there is a lot of inflammation in your body. The next one is dark chocolate or cocoa or cacao. Dark chocolate is my favourite chocolate. I don't like white. Milk chocolate is okay, but it's, a lot of the time it's not vegan. And dark chocolate is my fave. I love it. Um, it's absolutely packed with antioxidants that are known to reduce inflammation. So yes, if you're chowing down on, you know, a bit of dark chocolate Bourneville or some lint or the dark chocolate, I don't know, Galaxy, if that's even a thing. Is that a thing? Do Galaxy do dark chocolate? I'm not sure. But if you're chowing down on some of that, you're getting in a bunch of antioxidants and you're going to help to lower the levels of inflammation in your body. There are flavanols in dark chocolate and cacao. Flavanols are antioxidant plant compounds that can help to improve the endothelial linings. So the basically the cells that line your blood vessels, they can help to keep those healthy. There was one study that showed that those who consumed cocoa flavanols twice a day experienced vastly improved vascular function, so the function of their blood vessels. And this was because of the lowered levels of pro-inflammatory molecules. So next, I wanted to move on to garlic and ginger. So garlic is a known anti-inflammatory that can help to reduce inflammation in the joints and the muscles and may it may even help to prevent your cartilage from getting damaged if you have things like osteoarthritis or rheumatoid arthritis and both garlic and ginger are they're very like one of their main known benefits is their abilities to reduce inflammation in the body and help to keep you healthy 
and they are really recommended to improve the health of your heart and protect against certain cancers because of their powerful antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects. Ginger is loaded with phenolic compounds, so plant compounds called gingerols and shogals, shogals, I, do you know what, I don't know how to say that word, shogals, <laughs> you know what, I swear every episode I do there's a word that I can't pronounce, but S-H-O-G-A-O-L-S, basically just plant compounds that are anti-inflammatory. And studies show that even if you don't have the fresh garlic and ginger and you only have like dried garlic and ginger or even garlic and ginger supplements you can still get these anti-inflammatory effects so the next one is turmeric now turmeric is a root that is grown from a plant that's native to india and southeast asia you're probably familiar with it because it is used a lot in curries and a lot of different Indian dishes. It's used in butters and um, cheeses, that kind of thing. And it's very, very anti-inflammatory. It can help in the treatment of a lot of inflammatory diseases, such as diabetes, arthritis, cardiovascular disease. And this is because of a compound or a bioactive compound in turmeric called curcumin. Curcumin is a curcuminoid, and it's just a plant compound and it's the presence of this compound in turmeric that gives it its anti-inflammatory properties. Turmeric has quite a bitter taste so it's not really something that you can like have too much of but you can try stirring it into you know if you're making like a fresh curry or you're making a few different dishes you can even put it like on top of like avocado toast just put a little sprinkle on top just to gain some of those um curcumin molecules but it's important to note that generally consuming turmeric powder in your diet is probably not going to give you a very high dosage of curcumin i wouldn't say that sprinkling a bit of turmeric into your curry is really going to have that many effects on your inflammatory markers but you can get turmeric supplements or curcumin supplements that will give you a higher dosage of those beneficial anti-inflammatory compounds. Okay, the final food that is known to reduce inflammation in your body is fish. I don't eat fish and I actually have never liked fish. I've never ever been a big fish eater. Um but it is they are really good for you. Like I can't deny that they are really good for you. Um, in particular, it's the fatty fish or the oily fish like salmon, sardines, mackerel, uh, herring, anchovies. They are really, really high in omega-3 fatty acids. So EPA and DHA. These omega-3s, like I mentioned before with the avocados, they are known to reduce inflammation and lower the risk of heart disease, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, cancer, kidney disease, they improve brain health, heart health, there are so many different benefits to omega-3 fatty acids and your body actually metabolizes some of these fatty acids into compounds called resolvins and protectins and they lower the levels of inflammation in and around your body and some studies have shown that consuming fish, in particular salmon, or consuming fish-based EPA and DHA supplements 
can reduce the levels of C-reactive protein, so one of the main inflammatory proteins in the body. So there you have it. There are some amazing anti-inflammatory foods that you can think about consuming in your diet to help your body fight against inflammation, chronic stress levels, high cortisol, and just to improve your overall health. You know, I've mentioned it so many times in this podcast that these different foods can reduce your risk of a massive range of diseases, as well as improving the function of your whole body, in particular your heart, your brain, you know, all of these different things. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really love for you to leave me a review on Apple or a rating on Spotify. It's super, super quick and easy to do. And it really, really means the world to me. It really helps the podcast, you know, get out there and gain some new listeners. And hopefully I can help more and more people and spread the word about women's health and hormones. If you'd like to get in touch with me, my Instagram is at Podcast. And with that, I'll see you in the next episode.